This is episode number 11 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast, and this time we're going to be speaking with Valerie Jardin about how to apply your street photography approach to other forms of photography. And welcome back to Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, the publisher of Street Photography Magazine. That's a mouthful. And also with us is our editor, Ashley Huntsberger. Are you there, Ashley? Hey, everybody. I'm here. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Valerie Jardin. And uh, welcome, Valerie. Hey, thanks for having me again. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. And welcome back. The... um, you guys, uh, you probably know, I uh, probably know Valerie. Valerie is a world famous street photography trainer, podcaster, blogger. And if you don't know her, you're gonna, gonna know her by now, but she's got a couple things to talk about. And our subject You can today, actually add author now to the list. Author. That's right. <laughs> oh. That, that's right. We, uh, we were promoting your ebook a while back. Uh, have you? Well, we'll save that for the news section, you know. Okay. You've got some more news. It sounds like you have a ton of news. Man, I don't think you sleep. So <laughs> Not much. Yeah, we, we do have an interesting subject today that we're all going to discuss, and that's how to use your street photography approach and other forms of photography. You know, exercise your street photography muscles in other ways. But before the, we do that, we're going to get to some news and announcements. There's a few, few things going on in the world of street photography. And the first item we're going to have Valerie talk about, but maybe she'll talk about a couple of other things, too. Valerie has launched a new podcast. She had done the Street Focus podcast for two years um, under the TWIP or This Week in Photography umbrella. And she just struck out on her own doing a brand new podcast. She's already published uh, three episodes, and it's called Hit the Streets. So I won't talk about it anymore. Valerie, why don't you tell us what's going on? Well, um, yeah, it was time for me to spread my own wings. Um, Street Focus was uh, an amazing experience, and uh, I, I published... 104 episodes, never missed a Thursday, and um, and decided to to carry on the the podcast under my own brand. So the the show, the official name is Hit the Streets with Valérie Jardin, and um, and it's um uh, it's a little bit different. I mean, it's still definitely for the urban photographer, uh, not not exclusively street photography uh but that's a big emphasis of course since that's really my my love but uh yeah it's um it's going to be every week uh just like street focus was every thursday morning i release an episode lots of exciting uh new guests new segments uh some that we will keep i mean i i Used to have a Q and A and and a photo challenge uh, monthly, and I'm I'm going to keep doing that. Actually, I just recorded today for next week, and uh, lots of other conversations with um, street photographers, humanitarian photographers. Um, occasionally, I'll I'll talk with a, an architectural photographer. I mean, it's all about mostly cities, uh, and and people most of the time, but uh, a little bit of wider approach, lots of inspiration um, and, uh, and fun. I just, uh, I wanted, I want to keep it exciting and, uh, and I'm, I'm stoked. 
yeah, it's been know, uh, the support has been just amazing. Uh, my the download numbers have just been quite amazing after just three weeks. So uh, I'm I'm really excited by the the support I've been receiving. Yeah, I was really glad to hear that. Uh, I almost missed it. It showed up. I use uh, everything. All my email goes into Gmail and has that promotion. Not promotion. It has the uh, social media folder, and I don't look at it all the time. And I just happened to glance in there and I saw it the day it came out. So I'm really glad that I did. The you know what I really like about you know what you do in the new podcast and then as well as the previous one is you know you talk to people and you have real meaty conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like you're just sitting there having coffee and conversing with each other about photography and and other things, and it's just so real and honest. How do you do that? Oh well, I'm just being me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the easiest way to be. And uh, I'm very spontaneous and authentic. So uh, I guess the way I, when people meet me after listening to me on the podcast or after reading my blogs or my articles or my book, um, they they already know me because I, it's, you know, I'm just being me in everything I do. So it's the easiest way to be. It's the best way to be. And, uh, and I think people really like authenticity and uh and i'm having fun you know i i would never do something that i don't find fun um that's just how i do everything i do everything with my heart and uh, and if it stops being fun well i'll do something else yeah so I... that's uh that's my approach to uh to everything in life so what's what's new coming down the road what uh, any exciting things coming up on the podcast that uh yes actually um well lots of lots of new guests i have a a segment uh i'm gonna have a a, also a monthly segment called photo faves where i'm gonna ask uh a photographer what their favorite um subject place to shoot photo books source of inspiration and so forth gear um Mm. um every month somebody that a lot of people know somebody they may have never heard of and um and lots of just uh conversation with people working on some really cool projects all over the world so it's uh it's a work in progress i have several episodes already lined up and several recorded because of my traveling schedule and and uh, i may actually introduce a a guest host once every five or six weeks um to actually sit in for me, to give me a little break and give somebody a chance at podcasting. And so that will be, uh, you know, not always the same person, but um, I'm going to, I have a few people in mind who uh, should keep it fresh and keep it fun for everyone. So lots of, I have lots of ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Good executive knows how to delegate. (laughs) Yeah. That's tough though. (laughs) Because sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself. (laughs) So, hey, Ashley, you have any uh, questions for Valerie? Yeah, I was going to ask you. It looks like you have a lot of really good workshops coming up this year, too. You'll be in yes. San Francisco soon, right? Actually, yeah, I just added that uh, recently because I have to go there for an event um, as part of um, – I'm a Fuji – official Fuji ex-photographer for the U.S. So as an ambassador, I, I get to to speak at different events. And then I figured, well, I love San Francisco. And if I just go there for two hours, it's not a whole lot of fun. So I'll just add a day. And I just did a one 
you know, added a one day workshop, which is usually not what I do. I usually teach two days, but the one days are actually a very popular. Uh, a lot of people just can't do more than one day or can't afford more than one day. So it's, it's kind of fun to add those once in a while. Usually my workshops are two days or six days. Um, and I just got back from Paris like three days ago and I'm heading to New York next week. So, um, yeah, the workshops have been going strong, um, booking into 2018 right now, actually, and Ooh, and wow. uh, going to places I want to visit and, and uh, some new places every year. But, of course, there are always my, my favorites, such as Paris and New York and, and Rome. And so I'm um, just loving it. It's just, you know, sharing what you love with like-minded people. <laughs> it's so gratifying. And it's so much fun. And I've made so many wonderful friends through my workshops, lifelong friends, and uh, many of many of whom come back. Um, but people have joined, you know, six workshops in three years. So um, then you feel like you're going on a vacation with with a friend, and it's with pretty your cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's the difference? That. Maybe our listeners might want to know. What do you cover in your just two days? Um, workshops and what do you cover in six days what what do you get more in the six day workshop well um oops sorry about that um the the six days um it's more than just street photography it's really about seeing photographically and um and telling a story of a place uh definitely a big emphasis on street photography but we the goal after six days is really for the student to have enough images to tell the story of a place, whether it's Rome or, or Paris. And uh, so it, it's street photography plus. Uh, weekends are purely street photography. So are the uh, day-long workshops. So we, you know, it starts with a, a keynote presentation, uh, photo walk, and then the weekend ends with um, a, a group critique so it's it's packed it's action packed the the week-long workshop we have more time for a, a midweek critique where you know there, it's more individual and uh, a lot more individual attention of course one-on-one -on -one, uh, walking on the streets and so forth which on weekends is really hard to give one-on-one -on -one to 10 people but I try I try my best and uh and always, um, I'm always there. I, I go on the photo walks with the students. I'm always available. We do uh, walk around. I mean, street photography, you can't really, we can't walk in a pack. So at every <laughs> every point of interest, when we split up for like an hour or so, and I'll, I'll go with one or two students and work on a specific technique, whether searching light or, or working on a panning technique on the streets and so forth. So um, definitely try to give to give the same individual attention, of course, um, with time constraints in a weekend, they don't get quite as much. But uh, yes, they're they're full days um, on the weekends. Week weekdays, people have some time to do their own things as well. Um, I think it's important when you're when you're in Paris, um, you know, or or anywhere else for a week, you you want to set a little bit of time aside to uh, to wander on your own and and. Uh, and sit at cafes and uh, and see some of the sites as well. Yeah, it's so nice to... Wow, that sounds amazing. Whoop, sorry, Ashley, go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry, I think I have a bit of a delay, too, so I'm probably going to cut you guys off a lot. <laughs> um, no, that sounds really amazing, those workshops, uh, and in wonderful places, too. Yeah, um, I think... Um, 
people come from pretty far. I mean, they're even weekends in Paris, you know, people will come from the U.S. They'll come and they do the workshop for the weekend and then and then they extend their stay and then they use the skills that they learned for the weekend um, to, you know, during the rest of their stay after. Uh, but a lot of people. That's right. And but a lot of people will come uh, for the week long. Uh, they book a lot longer in advance. They'll sell out much quicker, actually. Um, but they. They come from Australia, they come from South Africa, from the US. So, you know, it's uh, it's planning. And a lot of people will, will you know, extend their stay. They spend a week in Paris and then they will go to the coast for a few days. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a different way and, and a different, different groups of people. Uh, weekend workshops are in Europe or there are I could have 10 people from 10 different countries, which is a lot of fun, too. Um, the week-long workshops will be fewer Europeans, even for the European workshops, but mostly people coming from Australia and North America. Do you? Does everybody stay in the same hotel, or does everyone get their own accommodations um, and meet in a central place? That's optional. I have full package and mm. tuition package. So whatever people prefer. And um, I mean, I, I give a, a real cultural experience. Um, the hotels that I select are really nice boutique hotels um, and the best possible location. Um, but they're also pretty spendy. So uh, if people want to do Airbnb and save a little bit of money, then they do the tuition package. I recommend staying in the same neighborhood because we do a lot of things, you know, off hours as well. Uh, we hang out together. We, we go out for drinks at night. Uh, we go on, you know, spontaneous photo walks after after the photo walks too so uh so people usually stay within the same neighborhood and uh and it includes some some of the meals as well so uh it's good when everybody's um it's it's good for the group that everybody's uh, available and close by it must be really amazing to at the end of your workshop to see the same streets taken by so many different perspectives and people from different cultural backgrounds i mean the results must be really beautiful Oh, and, and it's fun how, you know, people visiting the same locations will see, see it completely different. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really fun. And to see the growth within a week is amazing. I mean, even in a weekend, I, I'm always blown away how, you know, sometimes people just, some photographers will all of a sudden become aware of light and uh, become light seekers, you know, on the streets <laughs> and, and be aware of light. And all of a sudden they're just really step up their game and uh and and it's like that aha moment um so it, it or they become much more comfortable you know one especially the new new street photographers you know who've never photographed a stranger um by the end of the weekend or or the week they're completely hooked and they can't even imagine living without street photography so pretty cool so uh, do you have any major success stories in terms of students, somebody who studied under you that we all have to go check out? Oh, so many of them. Um, actually, um, just uh, last week in Paris, um, Scott, who was on uh, my Paris workshop two years ago, and then I think he was on two other workshops in between, um, 
he was in Rome and San Francisco and then came to Paris again this year. And I was just like so many of his shots I wish were mine and uh, is just, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's so rewarding as an, as a, an instructor, you know, to, uh, to see your students grow in their craft over a period of time and see you know, see that growth and in, in their images. And uh, so, but so many other cases, whether it happened in a week or over a period of time, because I, I watched them grow over two, three, four years sometimes. Um, and I keep in touch, you know, even if they, they can't come on another workshop, I, I see their work online and, uh, and I see them just blossom into, you know, really, um, really good photographers. So that's always rewarding. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. You know, I've I've got to thank you. You gave me an idea. It was a couple years ago. I inter interviewed you in the in the for the magazine, and you were talking about how you were leading photo walks in Minneapolis, just locally. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's a good idea. I have to do that. Well, I finally did it back in the summer. I uh, I'm in Cleveland. and We had the Republican National Convention, so I put together a group of people. And we did a photo walk during the convention. Had no idea what to expect because, you know, you thought there were going to be riots and all these things. It was fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. I can't wait to do it again. It, it's fun. You know, the social aspect of it. Uh, because as street photographers, we're kind of lone, yeah. <laughs> lone shooters. But... Um, yeah, usually if you're with a group of people, it's not when you're going to get your best work. But, you know, the social aspect of it is really important as well. Yeah, that's right. It is. It's a very lonely pursuit. Mm -hmm. And it has to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't really uh, be invisible in a pack of 20. All right. <laughs> well, let's talk about your book. Oh, Um Yes, I I finally finished that ebook. Uh, you know how it is. I'm just so busy in the workshops is are always my priority, and the ebook was just sitting there, and it just had to, you know, spend a couple of weeks to finish it up. And and uh, street street photography, uh, first step and beyond. It's really geared towards um, new street photographer and street photographers that have been doing that for a while, but you know, kind of doing the same thing over and over again, and 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 need the tools to make stronger images. So it really appeals to a, a lot of different people, but um, it's been, it's been very successful. It's been a, it was a lot of fun to, to write and it's kind of a companion to my, to my keynote presentation. And, um, and it's really fun. The reviews have been really good. Uh, a lot of people said, wow, it's just, uh, it's so clear. And now I, you know, I have a goal. Like when I go out you know, the streets, I was like, okay, I'm just going to work on that today. And, and I, it's illustrated with a lot of uh, sample images and so forth. But, um, and I'm writing a, a, a real book <laughs> for Focal <laughs> Press right now oh. um, in New York. So uh, that will be published next year. So that's going to be um, a, a, a real hardcover book. And it's going to be probably an e-version as well. I'm not actually quite sure, but uh, it's going to be it uh, going to be fun to walk into a Barnes and Noble and <laughs> pick up a copy of my book. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's really cool. No, yeah. no pressure, right? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm on schedule for the deadline. So uh, 
that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about that because uh, that's the that's the best part. Actually, is a publisher will give you a deadline when you work on your own book, such as an ebook. Unless you give yourself a deadline, it's just going to sit there forever. So mm. now I know next ebook I write, and I will be I have one in the works that will be I will be finishing up um, early next year. Um, will I will have a definite deadline because that's the the best way to work. All right. I have a feeling that's not going to be a problem for you. When you were in school, were you an A student who sat in the front of the class? Ah, uh, pretty much. I know. I, I know. Ashley was. <laughs> I was a good student. I, I never really had to. I never really had to work very, very hard. Uh, things kind of came easy to me, but um, but I, I I always delivered. You know, to me, um, a deadline is so important. I'm always on time. I always respect deadline. Um, and that's how I was as a student. I would never, ever even consider handing something late. So the, I think maybe that the, the work, the study ethics has stayed with me. Um, and, and I, I know that's how I raise my kids and, um, and and they're always timely, and that's always what the you know the teachers have already said at every conference. It's like, wow, your kids are so respectful, and they have things on time. And it's like, well, isn't that how you what you expect normally? But I guess it's just not the norm. <laughs> no, not. <laughs> guess you don't know many teachers. <laughs> oh, I know. see, I knew it. That was, I knew it. So, I don't know, let's uh, take a look at the rest of the news here, and then we'll get into our subject for this week. So, uh, Ashley, what do, what do you have there? Well, one of the photographers we we check up on sometimes and has, has been in the magazine is Lynn Fire. He's actually going to be turning 89 October 11th, and he has a gallery going on in New York. Um, it's actually ending October 20th, so if you're in the New York area, it's a good time to go. Um, and it looks really good. You know, Lynn Fire's been shooting streets for decades, so I'm sure there's going to be some really good stuff there to check out. Yeah, where where is it in New York? It's at the Daniel Cooney Fine Art Gallery, which is 508 West 26th Street. So okay. there you have it. And New actually, Yorkers. I think we're going to be posting a collection of his images um, from that show on the blog, right, Bob? Yeah, he gave us a collection of images that are in the show, and we'll be publishing them actually in the next few days. I forget when it's scheduled to go up. So, hey, Valerie, you're going to New York. You'll have to check out his show. He's a really uh, cool I, guy. I wish I had time. You have oh, no okay. idea how packed my schedule is. Yeah. I'm doing a workshop for two days, and I speak at the Out of New York conference on Saturday, and I'm scheduled from 7.30 a.m. until 10 p.m., pretty much nonstop. So wow. I can't even meet my friends for coffee this year. It's wow. crazy. Yeah, that's what happens Yeah, when you're successful. Yeah, and you've got to, you know, you spend the money on a trip like that. You've got to squeeze as much as possible into it. <laughs> yep. So I won't be able to visit any exhibits this time, unfortunately. But that sounds like a good one. Yeah, he's he's quite a guy. He he has a hard time walking now, and he actually he takes the bus, the M5 bus, which goes the entire length of Manhattan Island, runs right past his apartment building. So he sits on that bus for hours and just shoots photographs of people on the bus and on the streets. Just keeps which going. Which I think is great because, you know, I doubt there's, because of his circumstances, he's he's been focusing on 
on shooting on a bus so much. I doubt there's any of us out there who have spent that many hours dedicated to such a very specific niche of street photography. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And and he's probably um, he's non-threatening. You know, I'm sure people. Yeah. Won't, you know, don't really uh, feel threatened by him, or um, and so he probably is pretty invisible. Yeah, uh, and he's done some really fine work as a result of it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like shooting on on buses and and subways. It's fun. Yeah, I do too. Sometimes I just feel a little too close, like I'm invading people's personal space. But yeah, that's the challenge here in Bolivia because they have the po- there's tons of public transportation, but they're really tiny. So you're you can barely move your elbows when you're in there. <laughs> That's when the white angle. That's when the white angle lens comes in handy. Yeah, get yourself a twelve millimeter. (laughs) Shoot fish eye. (laughs) Yeah, fish eye. (laughs) And moving right along, our next item is the Siena International Arts Festival will be held finally in October, October twenty ninth, the last weekend of uh, the month. I guess spilling into November. And uh, Gina Williams, who studied with Valerie at one of her workshops uh, last, I think, what was it, last January, was it, in Paris? Yes, she was in Paris. Yeah, Gina's awesome. Yeah. Hi, Gina. T- yeah. Yeah. Hey, Gina. <laughs> I, I didn't even tell her we were doing this, so I'm going to have to shoot her an email after we're done. She, yeah, she's going there. Uh, she did an interview with Luca Venturi, who founded the, uh, the program, and that's going to be in the magazine, or not the magazine, it's going to be on the, on the blog uh, next week. And then uh, she did an article about two of the photographers. They've just done some amazing work. They're documentary photographers who are being featured at the festival, uh, Timothy Allen and Majid Saidi. And just amazing stuff. So we're doing a bonus article in the magazine about about those two guys. Or we're not doing it. Gina wrote it. And uh, Gina, <laughs> since since she was at your workshop, she's gotten her journalist credentials, and she's been doing all kinds of cool things as an independent journalist. So we're we're real lucky to have her doing this for us. That's awesome. I'll have to contact her, and maybe she can uh, tell us all about her new. Uh, New adventure on uh, on my podcast as well. I think that would be a very good yeah. idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. And let's see what else. All the uh, the street photography magazine, the October issue comes out on the twenty first. Um, we've got just a number of interesting things on there, and uh, we did an interview with. I did an interview with Ed Walker. Uh, he's an English guy. Uh, from from the UK, lives in New York now, and he talks all about finding his voice, and I thought that was interesting. I mean, he tells a really cool story about this, and then I, I'm listening to Valerie's podcast when she's talking to Karen Hutton, talking about that very same topic in mm-hmm. episode three of Hit the Streets, so make sure you catch that. And uh, and then Ed actually wrote a follow-up article, which will appear in our November issue, uh, the details about how he happened to find his voice. And he's doing some some really neat work in New York that you have to see. So uh, keep it on the magazine and, and check that out. Okay, we've got a discussion topic this week, so I'm, I'm so glad that Valerie is, is here because... You know, she's one of the preeminent trainers in street photography in the world, and I'm sure she's got a lot of uh, good input on this. What we're going to talk about is 
How do you use your street photography? I don't know. If, maybe you guys can help me with a good name for this topic. But you know, how do you use your street photography approach in other forms of photography, and where does it fit? Well, actually, um, I, um, I I recently had a discussion about that. How do you leverage your street photography to maybe land some commercial clients, mm-hmm. and and that's becoming really, uh, really popular because. Uh, a lot of brands, big or small, are, are using more a natural approach to their commercials and advertising, and they need images for social media. I mean, there are photographers, all they shoot for a brand, whether it's a big brand like, you know, Audi or whatever, you know, recognized brand, um, they shoot just for Instagram or for their Facebook uh, presence. So, um, and they often look for a more natural, authentic approach. And they look towards street photographers for that because that's what we do. We capture everyday life. And so, although the, the way the, the shoot will happen is, is not candid, but because we, we know how to tell a story in a frame, um, they often go to street photographers uh, to, they often hire street photographers to, uh, to do those shoots. And, and I've, I've actually known a few, few photographers who've got some pretty big accounts and just from their visibility on social media. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Cause I heard you interview Nico Gooden. And uh, who did that exact same thing in New York, or not New York, in London. London. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Larocque as well in uh, Montreal um, really is, uh, is using his skills as a street photographer in his commercial work. Uh, well, I, I, since street photography is undoubtedly the toughest, <laughs> toughest thing you're going to shoot, uh, you're pretty much prepared for anything that's going to happen. Uh, if you if you're a seasoned street photographer, so no matter what, your skills will serve you. No matter what you shoot after that. Yeah, yeah, you do have to be on your toes when you're out there. A uh, lot of fashion photographers use their use that too. That more that street approach to model shoots. Um, that's popular as well. Not you know not only studio shots, studio shoots, but um, bringing their models into the streets. So there's that street angle again. Yeah, and I remember, Ashley, didn't you do an article not long ago about um, uh, a wedding photographer who's also mm-hmm. doing more? Yeah, yes, I, Kevin Mullins. Named, um, oh, I haven't heard of him. We'll have to check oh. him out soon. There's one I came across called Mason Resnick, and he does wedding street photography. He's hired specifically to take the wedding shots, but they're all in a street photography style. So that's really cool. He gets people having their casual conversations or people celebrating or, you know, the more tender moments. But he captures it all from that street um, perspective. And it, I really like it. It's a way more natural way of documenting a wedding. Oh, and it's it's very popular. Um, and usually those photographers, and I, I know Kevin, uh, Kevin Mullins in the UK, is he's just really amazing uh, at it. But that's all he does. And you have to be firm. You know, if, if you're a wedding photographer and you get hired for your street photography style, uh, you know, and, 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 the, and the family asks you to do all the standard <laughs> portraits, you know, maybe you should say, no, no, that's not what I do. Because uh, 
you're not going to love that. <laughs> you know, if you're a street photographer and all you want to do is photojournalistic approach to a wedding shoot, that's what you should stick to. Otherwise, you'll 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 hate the experience. So, <laughs> uh, so it's really important to be uh, to be firm and clear with the client. And I, I I talked about that with Kevin Mullins, and I had interviewed him uh, for Street Focus a while back uh, about that. And uh, yeah, it's what he said as well. So. Uh, but actually, it's funny because I shot three weddings in my life many years ago. <laughs> and one of the weddings was actually someone who had seen my street photography or well, before I even I was known for my street photography. But they had they had uh, I had had a small local exhibit and they had bought um, a print. And then they contacted me to photograph their wedding after seeing my street photography. And that was before the photojournalistic approach to wedding uh, was even popular. Uh, so you never know. Again, it's a good way to use your, your, your skills. And, and who, who is better at uh, documenting your event than a, a street photographer who can capture all those you know, fleeting moments? Yeah, I'd say a street photographer is almost more in tune to people, mm -hmm. how they're feeling, what they're doing, you know, because that's what we watch when we go out on the street. Yeah, we're constantly scanning, you know, um, gestures and emotions and expressions. So um, definitely, um, it's, uh, I think, uh, if any street photographer out there, you know, wants to use those skills and you know and and make some money there are ways to do it yeah and it's when you do it a lot it almost becomes a reflex mm -hmm. and you can't help yourself oh for sure even if you don't have a camera you'll see <laughs> yes. you'll see moments you'll see stories and uh, you're constantly practicing constantly uh whether you're you know stuck in traffic and in your car you you'll you'll look around you at the way the light hits the faces and the people in the car next to you or behind you or um you constantly or you walking down the street or you at the grocery store you'll notice you'll notice things that most people are completely oblivious to yeah, yeah. so sure. so what types of photography lend themselves to uh, using more of a street photography technique. I mean, I was I was thinking events, mm -hmm. all kinds of events. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Well, I think you know, even uh, portrait photographers. If you photograph families and children, um, you know who who wants a cheesy portrait of a kid sitting on a fake Christmas log? You know. <laughs> <laughs> for their for their Christmas postcard or uh, note card, uh, you know you want peop you want children in their natural environment in everyday situation. That's that's those are the pictures parents are going to cherish forever, not the school portraits. And so definitely, it's funny because for me it happened the opposite way. I started as a portrait photographer in the days you know almost twenty years ago when the the people were using uh were going to Kmart for their portraits that's that's what people did and i i saw different ways to sh to shoot it and i would bring children 
to the park where I would go to their home and photograph them in their natural environment. And then I applied that to my, you know, and well, then I realized that's what I was doing in when I traveled and which was called street photography and I didn't even know. Uh, but um, it's, it's, it's seeing and capturing those, those moments of everyday life. And, uh, and when it comes down to it, those are the, the photographs that you will want on your wall as well. Um, not the, the cheesy smile portraits. Yeah. I... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think you're right, Valerie, that, Street photography can lead you to making better photos in almost just about any field. And like you said, too, so many people now uh, for their social media, for everything, are looking for lifestyle images, which yep. are coming out way more natural if, if you've already got an eye for street photography. Yeah, absolutely. The lifestyle, that's the word I was looking for earlier, uh, type of, of images that um, commercial clients are looking for now. Yes, definitely are uh, something that the I think the, the, the street photographer are quite, quite good at capturing on a on a real job situation, you know, because they've done it so much on, in the field, you know, on the streets, candidly. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I, I, I get questions a lot, uh, probably like you do, and, and I, almost every week people ask, how can I make money with street photography? And that was a, I never even thought of answering it that way, so thanks for that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just personally, I mean, just to say you're not able to get out in the streets much, you know, how do you, you know, try to build your street skills um, when you're not able to do that. And I, I experienced that myself just last weekend, which is one of the reasons I brought up this topic. I was at a wedding down in the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and I didn't care to, you know, shoot the cutting of the cake and the tossing of the bouquet. Um, I didn't need those pictures. They didn't need them. They had lots of other people and professionals taking them. And I, you know, when I wasn't being a, a party guest, I went around and just shot people doing whatever spontaneously. You know, the same type of things I would do on the street. And mm -hmm. I, guess I got some pretty nice shots like that. I've got to, I'm going to send them to the people. It was just for my own personal enjoyment. And um, I wouldn't have done it if I don't normally shoot on the street. And all I had was my handy-dandy Fuji X, X100T. Mm-hmm. And and well, that's which is what Kevin Mullins actually uh, I was mentioning earlier um, shoots weddings with mostly, um, and um, and the good part is that as a as a street photographer, if you're interested in maybe expanding in those in in that area, we all go to weddings, and you know at least you go to a wedding once a year. Mm -hmm. So practice and build your portfolio that way. Yeah, uh, I mean, don't practice on a real job. I mean, that's just not the way you should really. Uh, tackle wedding photography but <laughs> practice at a friend's wedding and then you know give them the pictures as a bonus and uh and build your portfolio that way yeah. um that's really something pretty easy to do and and you'll have fun because you actually you have no pressure and you're shooting the way you want to shoot and and then you know talk about finding your voice and uh and uh finding your real your, your your style as a as a wedding photographer in that photojournalist approach i think it's awesome yeah and, and I probably guess, the whole wedding will be way more fun <laughs> yeah for sure too yeah that yes definitely 
And <laughs> and if you are a wedding photographer and you want to do this, but you weren't hired for it, you may want to bring along a second shooter to get the ring kiss and vowels and all the, you know, all, all the standard wedding stuff. And then you can float around and, and do the street photography style. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to you don't want to miss the you don't want to make mom mad. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Because no, dad, dad's writing the check, but <laughs> well, very good, very good. Hey, that was uh, that was excellent. So it's about time for us to close up shop for the day. So, Valerie, where can people find you? Um, well, they can Google my name or go directly to my website, and there they'll find links to all my social media, the blogs, the workshops, the book, the podcast, and it's valeriejardinphotography.com. That's B-A-L-E-R-I-E-J-A-R-D-I-N, photography, all in one word. Yeah, and of course, we'll have the links in the show notes to all that stuff, uh, including we'll put the... um We'll put the iTunes iTunes link to your podcast as well. Yeah, it's on iTunes and, I don't know, Pocket Casts and everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I did my homework for that because that's, that's the part that was really new to me. I didn't have to deal with that for my previous show. So I uh, got a crash course on how to do all that stuff. So Tricky. That's yeah, helping. that's tricky stuff. Tricky stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. once, it, once, the, once it started, I guess it kind of, you know does it on its own but uh it's a lot to learn in a few days so yeah well you did a great job and um it's an excellent podcast i encourage everybody to to subscribe and give her some good feedback on itunes thank Make you sure give some to us as well well you know while you're in there we'll each take it <laughs> You know, iTunes doesn't make it very easy. No. People to leave comments. I mean, so many people I say, oh, I know how to leave a, a five-star rating, but how do you get into the comments section? You have to put on your password to get into the, oh, it's just not easy. No, so, it's not. It's not. When people do, I'm very, very, very thankful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try publishing a magazine through iTunes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing against Apple. I use all their stuff, but those things are difficult. Okay, well, thank you. That uh, that ends one one more show here at uh, Street Photography Magazine. And be sure to check out our next issue, which comes out on October 21st. Ashley, you have anything to add? No, I think that's about it. Um, thank you so much, Valerie, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun. Mm-hmm.